When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one podcast all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Kelly. Kelly, what's up? Not much. I'm I'm doing good. You know, I was thinking about, I had, I don't know, like a moment, not of realization, maybe of like appreciation. Because yesterday... I don't know, something I ate didn't agree with me. Spent a lot of time in the bathroom. But, as I was sitting there shitting my brains out, I was able to watch Choco Pro Live from Japan. And I was like, you know, back when I was a kid, the only way I could watch Japanese wrestling at all was to order a tape from good old RF. And now here we are. You know, it's like, so you, gotta, you gotta take moments to appreciate where the wrestling scene is and where technology has brought us and that we don't have to financially support rf video anymore that too (laughs) um yes it's quite amazing the number of shows that we're able to see i mean i remember i only watched for many years things on dvd yeah um and i had to save up my money as a as a teen you know you have much less money. I had to save up my money and I would buy, you know, one or two Ring of Honor DVDs. That was my yes. thing growing up. Uh, and you always had, you you know, by the time I would save up, it would be like, okay, 10 shows have been released. And I was like, okay, which of these two are the best two shows? And you always hope you didn't get like a dud of a show. Yeah, I would always wait for the sales and I'd be trolling the forums too, just to see what people were saying about recent shows. <laughs> Yeah, I would do the same, and I still have mine. I'm actually turning my head just to the left, barely to the left, and I'm seeing my whole collection of uh, Ring of Honor DVDs still in my house. I still own them. A lot of people have 
sold them off. I think they're actually worth a lot of money. Yeah, I think they are. I've got uh, all of mine still too. But until the until there is a, a Ring of Honor streaming service, I feel like letting them go means I can't watch them. Yeah. Of course, once there's a streaming service, uh, that means they'll be worth much less money. <laughs> uh, so I think the goal would be to figure out right when they're about to get a streaming service and sell <laughs> my DVDs like the month before. Yeah. It's like uh, stocks, really. Uh, it's like stocks. And who doesn't love stocks? <laughs> we, all, we all here love, we love stocks and NFTs and cryptocurrencies, right? Uh, we can't get enough of it. Tell me yep. more. <laughs> well, Tell there me was more. a great video put out by our good friend, Mike Quackenbush. <laughs> Tell me more about nfts and cryptocurrency because i don't know anything about them because i don't want to know anything about them yeah i don't i don't get it you, you'll okay so you remember pogs of course i remember pogs all right now imagine a pog but it's digital and it's in your phone and someone can email you and trick you into giving them your pog i'm not gonna think about that <laughs> uh it's one of those things where as I get older, you know, you get to the point where you're like, oh, is this a thing where I'm finally old that I don't understand this like young person's hip, cool thing? But I've realized with NFTs and cryptocurrency that no, I am correct that these yeah. are bad. Yeah, no, it's it's you can both under not understand it and also not be not hip with this because it's not cool people getting into these. The one thing I understand about it is it stinks. And that's all I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about, not to talk about NFTs, not to talk about cryptocurrency, but Sorry, we're here Gabe. to talk about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. That's right. And before we hop in, we, of course, got to do our plugs. Follow us on Twitter at Audio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly, and you can follow me at Tamebo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. But let's get into it, diving in to a show that just recently happened, just yesterday, Stardom's Flashing Champions 2022 at Oda City General Gymnasium in front of 1,871 fans. Kelly, what did you think about the show overall? I thought it was all right. It wasn't like a top level, like everything is a banger show, but like by and large, everything was good at the very least, I think. It felt weirdly to me like some things I expected to deliver under-delivered and some things I expected not to deliver over-delivered. Yes, 100%. Which sort of made it a sort of net even. Like, it was yeah. the show I expected in terms of overall quality, but not in the way I thought. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a fairly solid show. I, I think my expectations were a little bit higher just because it had so many title matches 
it was sort of built up like I saw the attendance 1800 almost 1900 people I'm like it seemed that seems sort of low for the show I know it was you know the main event maybe wasn't a top main event but there's so many title matches on the card I thought it maybe would be a little bit better attended yeah um, no that was kind of surprising to see them because it's down from the last time they ran this venue I think uh I would have to look that up I don't even I don't even know but yeah so I think we're in agreement a solid you know a good solid show I don't mean to say solid as in average um but let's dive right in first with the dark match which was the lottery six-person tag the sides ending up Lady C, Momokogo, and Saya Ida defeating the trio of Amy Sore, Hina, and Rina in six minutes and 15 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? It was a fine dark match. Like, it was exactly what a dark match should be. It was, it got the crowd into it, but it didn't, like, overstay its welcome or anything it was it was good it, i went a uh, two and a quarter on it I, I enjoyed it yeah i thought it was fine as well i do like i said last time although last time the trio was slightly different i do like these lower card uh stars trios uh with kogo and ida and now here lady c uh i did say lady c should cut the giant swing if she's not that good at it <laughs> because she had Rena in the giant swing and it was a struggle. Yeah. Like, I think we're so used to seeing Miu who just is like, hey, who's around? I can pick them up from any position and go really fast. Yeah. Oh, two of you? No problem. Yeah. It's like, hey, maybe Aja Kong. Yeah. Where here was like, oh, Rena? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, my only other note was. This is going to sound disparaging. It's not meant to be disparaging. I don't mean to disparage uh, a child. Um, Hina has a very large head. And as someone who also has a very, I have a very large head. Uh, I just noticed that and I was like, wow, I have not. I guess I hadn't noticed it before. I don't know if it was a camera shot or something, but as a fellow person with a large head, have to give a shout out to Hina. You feel uh, seen. Yes. I'm a person who pretty much if I walk in a store and they're like, oh, here's hats. I either have to get the largest size hat or none of the hats fit me. <laughs> um, so, yes, I don't know. But maybe it was just the camera. Maybe she doesn't have a huge head. Maybe she has a normal size head and it was just a weird camera angle. But anyway, uh, that's the thing I was thinking about during the match. But I thought it was a fine dark match. Uh, yeah. The next match was the first title match, the first official match on the show, and the first title match for the future of Stardom title, the champion Hanan retaining her title over Ruaka in 5 minutes and 30 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? Hanan dispatching your favorite, Ruaka. There is still some justice in this fallen world that Hanan came away the champion. Like the match wasn't very good, but like I, I don't care. Ruaka lost. That's all that matters. 
And then uh, Tomoko Inaba came out to make a challenge at the end, and that was really cool too. So I'm looking forward to that match. Yeah, I thought the match was fine. Uh, Natsukatora continues to sort of be a growing threat at ringside, is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> uh, both in terms of what she's doing during these matches and also in that I feel like she's closer to coming back. And no offense, feel like stardom hasn't missed her that much. Nah. Um, it is it, it is strange, though, because she feels like she left or didn't leave, you know, got injured at a time when, you know, Oedo Tai was, I think we can say, doing terribly. Um, she was sort of the leader of this group of, you know, this group that sort of had become much less popular. She gets injured. They have the switch of Starlight Kid and Momo. And it feels like she's coming back to a very different group and maybe a group that she um, doesn't fit in that well with, unless they want her to be sort of a lost post bottom of the, you know, totem pole type of person. I just think, I don't know, maybe she comes back and she, they have some story about her trying to be the leader, but it feels like in ring wise, personality wise, she sort of is, she sort of already was a step behind and now she's been out for a while when people have taken a step forward and now, so she feels sort of two steps behind. Yeah. Um, to me. So it'll be interesting. You know, she's sort of kept in the spotlight by arguing with the commentary team on all of these big shows. Um, but we'll see. It will be interesting. She's someone that just doesn't quite feel like she fits in much anymore. Um, but who knows? Maybe like she comes. She doesn't commit fully to her act. It's so weird. Like, I don't. If you're going to be the bargain basement Ozaki goon, like, just go for it more, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Which also, I thought of that during the uh, 60th anniversary Joshi show at Korokin where she was out there for the main event, which was essentially an Osaki-gun main event. And I was like, ah, Natsuko, this is how you do what you're trying to do. <laughs> uh, this is like the example that you're not quite getting that you should try and do when you come back. Uh, so we'll see. I know a lot of people like Natsuko Tora. I am not among them. Uh, <laughs> But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe she was out for a while and she's gotten a lot better in ring and something will click and she'll come back and be great. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah. It's also, I wrote a note. It is funny. The moves that get the, like the name of uh, the move that one person does like sticks, like everyone always calling it the, the famous sir. Yeah. Which is so weird to me because it feels like not a popular enough thing as the famous or to for everyone to call it that. Yeah. It's very strange that that's what it's just been called forever now. Um, but just a funny wrestling thing, but yes, other than that, I thought the match was fine. I was happy to see Hannon win. Anaba coming out at the end is exciting. Uh, but I think Hannon now, as we talked about last show, either she has the record or she's tied with the record. I think now mm -hmm. officially, uh, but if she beats Anaba, then she'll be in the clear. She'll be the most successful 
future of stardom title holder in the history of the promotion. Nice. I I, I think she'll win. I, I I hope she she's been on a great run with this title. I hope she gets that distinction. The next match was a six person tag match between the teams of the Cosmic Angels and Prominence with Prominence, the team Akane Fujita, Mochi Natsumi and Suzu Suzuki defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa, Unagi Saika and Wakasukiyama in 10 minutes and 56 seconds. I'll give you one guess who took the pinfall. Uh, <laughs> Death taxes, Waka takes the fall. <laughs> I thought that this match was good, you know, sort of a solid lower card tag. Uh, the people who you would expect would be good in it were good. The people who maybe you would expect less from, you got less from. <laughs> I think that Unagi, uh, we haven't even talked about that Unagi showed up in. Um, Gambare. Oh yeah, that's recently right. has shown up in Gambare. Obviously, was in Diana. Uh, they have the feud with Colors and Cosmic Angels. I think that she is maybe, with all of this stuff going on, the most compelling character in Stardom. Uh, that is what I put in my notes. I think that she has far passed Mina Shirakawa. Not really an in-ring talent. I think they're both good in-ring workers, but. Just someone who has that sort of extra bit of something yeah, that makes me want to watch them. And I've been really enjoying her whatever the hell's going on with uh, Great Okan as well. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's something going on with someone. Um, but I thought this match, like I thought it was solid. Eventually one of these matches has to be a hardcore match, right? You'd think. You sure would think. Like, we'll talk about the main event in a little bit, but it feels like I keep seeing these prominence matches, and I'm like, when are we going to get the thing that sort of defines what prominence is? Yeah. Um, Because I'm like, yeah, these are fine, but are we just going to keep rolling out sort of like, ah, six-person tags with prominence? Okay. Um, They're winning. They're losing. You know, it's all sort of even. Uh, I mean, I hope for a Suzu unagi singles match because i think that would be really good but i hope that one of these matches ends up being hardcore i know a lot of the stardom fan base does not like the hardcore matches Uh, but i do so (laughs) i want to see one it's honestly why i'm hoping that the eventual suzu julia singles match is on a prominence show so they can just go nuts (laughs) And not have to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, but overall, I liked this match quite a bit. Uh, Waka took a hell of a beating, but she looked great here. I thought she had this was maybe the best performance she's had in her career so far. I thought it was really good. Uh, loved the intensity that both both teams brought. And I, yeah, I hope for more. Like the uh, Asuzu Unagi singles match would be awesome. I went three and a half on this. The next match was our second title match of the evening as the champion Azumi retained her title, defeating Tekla in seven minutes and 21 seconds. My first thought unrelated to this match is that Tekla now looks like Tina Majorino, um, who you may or may not know. She was in 
Napoleon Dynamite. She was in Veronica Mars. If you don't know who she is, look her up. There's something there that I thought she. Oh, she was in Napoleon Dynamite. She was like the side ponytail girl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. She was Deb, the the girl with the side ponytail. Anyway, it was just something like she came out and I was sort of like, huh, uh, I've never noticed that. Totally unrelated to the match, which (laughs) I thought was really good. I thought it was a really good match. Although in the middle, I said, I guess I am somewhat of a hypocrite because I feel like these high speed matches are a lot of the same. And I often bust the main event matches that I'm like, oh, they're all the same. But the high speed matches I all enjoy. Um, this one, it wasn't my like the best high speed match out of all, especially from the sort of Azumi Starlight Kid recent times. But I still thought it was really good. I went three and three quarters, verging on four stars. I thought both of them had really good aggression in the match. You know, it was only seven minutes, but they went out. They really got after it. Obviously, it was quickly paced as all of these matches are. So I thought it was really good. Momokogo came out afterwards. Uh, so that will be an interesting match. But Kelly, what did you think of it? Uh, I'm exactly where you are on this match. I went three and three quarters as well. Um, one thing I really liked at the beginning of the match was Thicla just throwing like wild kicks. That's just like, looked like she was just gonna break Azumi in half with him if she actually landed with him. Like I thought that was it that was interesting. That's something you don't really see a lot with someone just going for these insane looking kicks just to kick off the match. And then I also enjoyed when Thekla did the uh hey I'm hanging out in the ropes thing that Azumi didn't try and dive through the ropes like everyone else does and instead just yanked her off him. It's like, yeah, that's that's what everyone should do. <laughs> Why am I just going to dive through these like an idiot? But yeah, uh, I like yeah, I like this a lot. But yeah, like you said, not like the top level of the high speed stuff. So good match, still very good. Uh, the cage match match guy gave it a seven point four seven, which I think is almost exactly lined up with us because that's three point seven five, right? Yeah, I yes, think so. Three point seven four, something like that. So fairly close, a pretty good uh, consensus there, and a solid sort of the first match as we headed our way. You know, the first few matches sort of felt like, okay, we're opening, and now this felt like, okay, we're moving towards the higher peaks of this card. The next match, another title match, the SWA Undisputed World Women's Title Match, Mayu Iwatani defeating Fukigen Death in four minutes. And 59 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I thought it was fun. Uh, there wasn't a ton to it, but easy win for Mayu. I went three stars. I I don't know where Mayu goes from here with this title. <laughs> Maybe she goes through the oh, forbidden door. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I also I thought it was a solid match. You know, it was only four minutes and 59 seconds, so it was short. I sort of started like they were doing the entrances and I was like, "Eh, I don't know how excited I am to see like another Fukigen death match because I feel like the gimmick is established now and I've seen it a lot. Uh, You know, the smoking, the newspaper, 
I was like, okay, it'll be like this again. And then I thought, weirdly, I wrote the second half of the match, which I think is the last two minutes of the match. <laughs> um, I actually thought was really good. Uh, Fukigen Death had a really good German suplex uh, sort of reversal of Mayu that I thought looked really cool. I thought they sort of picked up the pace and there was sort of that tease of Kaori, you know, that the capability of Kaori to do these sort of cool things and work really hard in the ring that sort of peeked through. I would love to see, in my opinion, you know, I don't know if Kaori Yoniyama is going to wrestle for another 20 years. I have no idea. I would love to see her for some amount of time sort of drop the death, drop the comedy, whatever, and have like six months where she just goes out and she's like, this is it. I'm going to go out and kill it in a bunch of matches because I think she's still very capable of that. Oh, yeah. But we don't we I feel like we see it less and less now. And it sort of bums me out because when she sort of is on that level, I think she's really, really good. Yeah, no, you see it come out a lot in like the just sometimes random tags in like Choco Pro where it's like, oh, yeah, you're still great. You can still do this. But it's like, I mean, doing the comedy stuff helps save her body and extends her career. So, like, I get it. And it's so then she's able to go out and have these great performances every now and then. But, yeah, no, I would like to see her kind of drop the comedy stuff for a bit, too. Yeah, and I don't falter because you are totally right. I'm sure that doing this comedy stuff extends her ability to keep doing a lot of this stuff. Uh, but it is just sort of like we get to, like I said in here, it was probably two minutes. And I'm like, ooh, that was a good two minutes of work. I wish I could see like eight minutes of that. Um, but yeah, but a solid match, I think. As you said, I probably would have been close to three stars, but I think sort of over-delivered on what I was expecting. Yeah. The next match was a tag team match. Kyrie coming back to team with Tom Nakino, defeating the Queen's Quest duo of Utami and Miyu Amasaki in 19 minutes and 44 seconds. This was an interesting... One to me, I thought the match largely was fine. I was a bit disappointed in it because I thought it would be better. There was obviously a big focus on Miyu, Miyu fighting back. And I think Miyu has a lot of potential. I think that this match sort of exposed her a little bit as not quite on obviously not on the level of these three wrestlers who are very good i mean very few people are but still sort of in that world of you know thinking about things there was a spot where i think me was supposed to come off the ropes and take a drop kick and Kyrie went to do the drop kick and there was no one there and it sort of happened and Kyrie sort of looked at her and was like uh and then they got back into it <laughs> um but it was sort of like, you know, I think part of it for me is that I want Kyrie to come back and like have the amazing matches that she had five years ago, however many years ago that was. And this really wasn't it because there was so much focus on like, okay, we're working me through this match. Kyrie did hit a, her back fist um, late in the match, 
Uh, that looked awesome. It looked awesome and it sounded really good because yeah. it was like, boom. And I was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, I want more of that. And it just wasn't really... To me, I was sort of like, ugh, bummer. Like, if we're only getting Kyrie like, once every four months, like, I'm like, ugh, I wish she would have been in a match slightly different than this one. I think she'll be around more often. Like, I, because she, she was hurt. So she took some time off for that. So I, I assume we'll see her more often than we have been as of late. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess we will see. Um, I just feel like that first, she's sort of, I don't know. I'm sort of like, ah, she's back. And even if she's only back a couple times, you know, like, I don't think she'll ever be a regular on the roster. Yeah. Again. So I'm like, okay, the, the time is limited, not the time, but sort of, it's like, if we only get X amount of matches a year, you know, if we get 10 matches a year, I would rather than be like, ah, she's coming in and she's going to do this crazy good match. And we might not see her for four months, but that's okay because this is so great. This felt sort of like introductory, if that's the right word to use, where it was sort of like, ah, we're doing this. Miu's getting a chance to wrestle Kyrie, And it's like, oh, that's nice. But also I wish I, you know, I sort of enjoyed the match more. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be using her to like work out the newbies. Like we don't need to see like. Kyrie against Ruaka or anything you know yeah and I am fascinated to see you know they're like Miu who's the the super rookie and she has been solid but I don't know that I look at her and think oh my god this is like a once in a generational you know when I think of like super rookie I think of like Utami who came in and it was like whoa yeah she's so good like this is unbelievable I don't know that I see that with Miu I see a very solid uh, rookie who sort of has, as I said, a lot of potential, but has those things that a lot of rookies do still trying to figure out how everything works. Um, it's just an interesting thing with the world of stardom where it seems like either you're going up at a hundred miles an hour or you're going nowhere Uh huh. <laughs> with a lot of people. It's either like you're winning every match, you're flying up the card, you're doing all this, or like you're totally, just sort of spinning your wheels or your waka or your waka and you're losing uh everything <laughs> you're losing every match you everything ever possible you're losing every match you ever have with really no i don't like i'm like oh when does she win like they have this um qualifying five-star qualifying tournament come up I'm like, she doesn't win there, does she? I don't know. She's that would be losing all of those matches. She's losing all the matches she's not even in. She's going to end up with negative 20 somehow, <laughs> even though there's no negative points. Like, it's <laughs> it, this is how it goes. So we They're going we're... in and erasing any like high score she ever had in a video game. <laughs> Uh, but we will see about all of that. The next match was a, another title match. The Goddesses of Stardom titles. The champions, Hazuki and Koguma, defeating the team, the Donna Del Mundo team of Julia and Mei Sakurai, in 15 minutes and 11 seconds to retain their title. I wrote it felt 
a bit similar to the previous match with sort of my Sakurai as the odd woman out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this person is clearly a step below us. Let's target her. I did sort of, I, I, not sort of, I did like this match more than the previous match because I think Hazuki and Koguma brought a lot of energy to the match. I think they're a very, as we've talked about before, a very energetic tag team. I liked uh, Julia and Hazuki fighting in the crowd at the end of the match, just like out there where it wasn't the typical match where they're just waiting at ringside to slide in and break up the pin. They were just off somewhere else fighting each other. Um, I thought that was fun. So I thought it was a solid, you know, three and a half star match. I wasn't crazy about it. I think it was hurt by being next to the previous match where if they would have been a little bit more spread out, they would have, I think felt a little bit different. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. What did you think of it? I thought it was fine. Um, I really only enjoyed the Hazuki and Julia interactions. Other than that, I could kind of take or leave the match. Uh, I, I only went three stars on it. I thought it was fine. The finish was clearly built to protect Julia in that loss to where it's like, Oh, she couldn't have done anything. You know, she was off distracted fighting Hazuki like she couldn't even jump in there to make the save my, my yep. favorite part though was when Julia carried away my Sakurai like a baby at the end that was funny I did think briefly except for their hair color being differently that my Sakurai from the back looks a lot like Himika now with the gear yeah I could see that I'm like that is really Himika gear people in stardom love wearing the color red they sure do. They, they love, love it. <laughs> it. It must a, be Rossi's favorite color or something. It's something, but I'm like, so many people in this company are in red. Yeah. I mean, we've had all red title matches before, um, but I just looked at my soccer. I was like, wow, the gear looks awfully like Himika's gear. You know, it didn't hit me until watching this match and seeing like the the lower thirds they do for each wrestler that my Sakurai is the oldest person in Daniel Del Mundo. I think like that's kind of um, wild. I think you're right. Unless how old is Natsupoi? I don't even know. Oh, Natsupoi might be a little older. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's like, cause my was born in 1990. So, so it's, it's yeah. kind of just, uh, where it's like the least experienced of the group is actually the oldest of the group is kind of is odd to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they look similar because they're both in Donna Del Mundo, but I don't, I still think my Sakurai is like a weird hanger on in this group. Yeah. Especially because it's like Donna Del Mundo split apart and God's eye essentially has Siri, um, Mirai, Amy Sore, sometimes, you know, Konami. So that's four people. And Donna Del Mundo has Julia, Himika, Micah, Natsupoi, Mai Sakurai. But it's like, even without Mai, they would still have four people. Yeah. It would be like four, four. I don't know. It just seems weird. I know a lot of people have started, you know, there's been some talk that, oh, she's getting a lot better. I'm, you know, I think she's better than she was when she started because I thought 
you know, especially those first two matches, I remember talking about them on this podcast that they were fairly terrible. Yeah. Um, so she has gotten better in that sense. I just I think don't... she's improved from actively bad to average. Yeah, I just think she's fine. Like, I didn't watch her in this match thinking, oh, she's a hindrance to the quality of it, but I wasn't sitting there going, oh, this is a great worker in there. Especially with Hazuki and Koguma, who have had so many good matches. And as yeah. I said, bring a lot of energy. It, it feels easier to, you know, work with them and have a good match. Um, and I thought this one was, you know, just fine. And obviously, Julia is Julia, who's very good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I looked it up. Uh, Natsupoi is only twenty six, so she okay. is the oldest of them. Which I don't, I I don't know if you. It's worth putting in the effort they do in what's essentially a thirty two year old rookie. <laughs> you Although know, they put it in with Unagi, and isn't Unagi? I guess thirty yeah. or something. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, that's worked and it worked very fast. And I think yeah. Unagi started from a stronger position in terms of in-ring and also personality. I mean, I think Unagi yes. just has a lot more personality than May Sakurai does. Yeah, no, uh, with Unagi, I think I feel like you see it right away when you're watching her wrestle. wrestle. But like with Maya, it's just she's kind of she's there like she's a warm body and that's about it. But anyway, the next match was for the Artist of Stardom titles, the champions, the Donna Del Mundo team of Himika, Maika, and Natsupoi, losing their titles to the Oedo Tai trio of Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid in 14 minutes and 7 seconds. Kelly, I have a lot to say about this match, so I will let you go first. All right, I liked this a lot. Uh, I thought it was super fun. They went like a mile a minute. Uh, I loved the closing stretch with Saki and Natsupoi. I thought Saki was really good here. Like, I know I've been critical of her in the past, but I thought she more than held up her end of things here and was really good. I went four stars on this. I was really, really happy with it. Uh, so what do you think? Well, I was even higher than you were. Oh. I love this match. I went four and a half stars. Wow. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fast paced. I thought the moves were great. There was a thing that clicked with me in the matches that I think stardom, the in-ring work, I think I enjoy it the most, and I think it's the best when it reminds me a little bit of Dragon Gate. Yes. I think there's the sort of uh, faction stuff, unit stuff, group stuff, whatever you want to call it, that's very similar. But I think it's so good when it's like, we're going to have a lot of people in, and we're going in out, and we're doing crazy Moves, I mean, Natsupoi killing Saki with the drop kick against the bottom rope. Um, Saki rolling out of the way or bending out of the way of the doomsday device uh, later in the match, which I thought was really great. I thought it was just fast-paced, crazy moves, unpredictable. I think I totally agree with you, and I think Saki is a great third member of sort of a trio champion, as they are now, Artists of Stardom title holders so she's someone who can realistically they have set up that she can win with this pinfall she can win by pinfall she can roll you up but she also can lose you know she's the clear number three in the group so they have someone who can lose i think that was really good but i thought everyone worked really really hard and i just thought it was great 
Yeah, no, this this was awesome. I I was really impressed by this. I guess I'll spoil and say this was easily my match of the night. Nice. Um, I just thought it was really good. I wish they would sort of, you know, the artists of stardom titles have on these big shows sort of disappeared a little bit. They don't defend them no. that much. And I really liked it as a change of pace, even though it was, a, you know, a faster pace. It breaks up a little bit of the singles match. You know, there were two singles matches after this, but I just thought it was really good. I wish they would do more. Now I think they have a really good, you know, Starlight Kid, Momo, Saki, a great team that you can throw a lot of people against. So I hope that they get more of these matches on these big cards. And I hope they essentially do what they did here. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was good. I I think for the next big show, we're not going to get that probably because they uh, Starlight Kid and Momo came out to challenge after both of the next two matches. <laughs> yes, uh, we probably won't, but a boy can hope. Yep. What can you say? The semi-main event was for the Wonder of Stardom title. Sayakamatani, the champion, defeating Mirai in 25 minutes and one second. So almost exactly 25 minutes. This was a very interesting match for me. I think, first of all, sort of, if you think of the, the times of COVID as a sort of a bell curve, there was the time when it first hit and people, there were no people at the shows or people couldn't cheer. And it was like, oh, this is, this is like horrible. There's no cheering. It's so quiet. Then there was time people sort of got used to it. It sort of became the new normal. It was like, okay, this sort of is what it is. That's sort of the upward trajectory. Now I feel like we're on the downward trajectory and we're so close. You know, there's these tweets that Japan is now allowing cheering at sporting, you know, in certain sections and sporting events. And I feel like we're so close. Mm hmm to having cheering back that now all of a sudden the silence and the clapping have now begun to stuck stick in my head again, <laughs> where I'm like, Oh no, now I'm noticing it again. I mean, there was a moment when Mirai was in the crab. So I had her in a crab. She's like, she's selling. The arena was dead silent except for someone. I would assume someone in God's eye, maybe Amy Sore, pounding on the mat for like two minutes straight with no break. It was just like bon, 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 and I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "Oh God!" Like it's back again. This is really bothering me. Um, so it was just weird. Like that sort of hung over the whole match for me. Was this thing where I was like, "Oh." There's a lot of clapping going on that I don't. I'm like, I just want people to cheer. Um, We're almost there. But anyway, that's sort of taking that out of the match. I thought Mirai looked the best that she's looked in any of really her big matches. I thought she uh, far to me outshone Saya, who I think looked a little bit off kilter. Yeah. And I don't know if that is, I, I have this weird feeling that we've talked about Saya as 
you know, she has so much potential. She's got to just, you know, get these things right. You know, the running joke of her doing the shooting star and landing on her head or whatever. I am starting to get this weird feeling that putting her sort of in this position where it's like, you are the second, you know, the number two champion. You're one of the biggest people in this company has weirdly crystallized some of her bad habits. Yes, I 100% believe this has stunted her growth as a wrestler. And I feel like she's not getting better. Like, I feel like she isn't getting better. Because why does she need to? She is exact, you know, she's up there already. She, as, as as she is now, theoretically, she's great, you know, but it's, it's just not there yet. Yeah. And it was just, there was a sequence where Mirai was on the top rope. Saya went to do a strike that missed and then did a spin kick that was absolutely nowhere close to anything. Horrendous. And I was like, oh, there was again the Phoenix splash. Now Mirai moved out of the way and Saya probably knew she was moving out of the way. But if Mirai had been laying there, Saya would have come down feet first on her face. Yeah, that if that like would have connected, that would have been disastrous. But, you know, I will give her the benefit of the doubt that she they knew what was happening and she was trying to land on her feet. So it's just one of those things where I'm like, it still feels like there's potential. But the things that sort of I was seeing six months ago, however long ago that I was like, oh, that'll get cleaned up as she gets more experience are seem to be not getting cleaned up. And so now I'm like, oh, is this just sort of, you know, you say, oh, there's a lot of potential and some, you know, on some people it happens in all sports. You go, oh, this person has a lot of potential and maybe they don't. Yeah. Um, She's got all, I've said it before. She's got all the physical gifts she needs. She just doesn't have the technique down yet. And I don't know if she will. I think she, honestly, I think she needs to be retrained. I think she's got a lot of bad habits that need to be broken. There was, there was one bit in this match that, like, I feel like now whenever there's a big Saya match, I'm going to have to make the this is the most Saya moment of the match. Last, the Micah match, it was doing two apron bumps right in a row. This time, it was on the outside. Someone gave her a water bottle, and she sold drinking water. She drank that water like it was spicy. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you this extra? Why are you like this? <laughs> Just drink the water. Don't sell the water. Uh, I will say, in spite of all all that I just said, I actually did enjoy the match. I think the ending sequence was very strong. I ended up going three and three quarters on it. Wow. So I, I did enjoy it. I think a lot of that, as I said, was Mirai, who I thought looked really good, looked very confident, for the first time, really, to me, in stardom, I should say, looked like, okay, I got it. I'm in this match. I know what I'm doing. Um, had good-looking offense. I thought that there were some good near falls. I think it was helped by the fact that I thought, oh, Mirai could win this match. Um, you know, that would be, logic, in a way, logical to me. So I think that there were some near falls I thought were really good. Um, so I thought... It was fairly good as much as I said, you know, all the stuff about Saya. Now, of course, Mirai losing again is weird to me. She's she's becoming upper card Waka. <laughs> I just don't really understand. This seems to happen a lot. 
where the people come in the company, it's like, hey, here's a big person. Oh, they get a title shot. Oh, they lost. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's not the way that I would do it. I mean, I would not have had. Now, of course, you get the Cinderella tournament in the middle. So you could say, oh, Mirai, she won the Cinderella tournament. That was sort of her big thing. I just don't know. Losing multiple title matches, back-to-back title matches, just to me is like, ooh, that is not the way I would be doing this. No. Like, it's almost like there's no ability to slow build anyone. No. So they bump their head. It's like, well, they're near the top of the card, so I guess they have to get title matches, but they're not going to win. I I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. It's just weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. You liked this match a lot more than I did. I I only went three on it, but I don't attribute any of that to Mariah. I thought she was pretty good in here. It's just, I don't like the Saya formula. So, and this match was just that. So yeah, it, it was fine. I guess I went three, but like way too long. Like I didn't need that match to be 25 minutes. And then Starlight Kid, as Kelly mentioned before, came out afterwards. So that will be an interesting. She should win. It's another interesting one. You you know, it is possible she could win. Full it... stop. She should win. Like, <laughs> like I don't. Saya, what is this? Her sixth successful defense? Like, it's, I don't. Put the belt on Starlight Kid. It does feel weirdly to me like maybe Starlight, maybe I'm just overestimating Starlight Kid because I really like Starlight Kid and I think she's done very well in this new heel role. Like, I would almost rather see her challenging for the World of Stardom title. Just because to me, I feel like they've sort of established the wonder as like the get someone over title in a way. And it feels to me like she's already over. True, but I don't see her winning the world title. Like, I just, I don't. I could very well see her win the Wonder title. Yeah, I mean, I think it is another interesting match. I think they have done well, you know. As I said, the this Mirai match was to me up in the air. I think the Starlight Kid match will be up in the air for me. So I think they've done a lot better job of doing less choreographing with this title where it's like oh we just need someone uh uh you uh you'll challenge you won't win but it's you they're getting more matches where i'm like oh it could be this person um so that's good we'll see i mean i would like starlight kid to win just because i think starlight kid is as i've said many times on this podcast before very talented and i think that she would have a good run with the title Mm mm-hmm You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The main event was a was the World of Stardom title match. The champion Shuri defeating Risa Sara by TKO in 14 minutes and 29 seconds. Kelly, I'm fascinated to hear. I don't know at all what you thought of this match. I'm fascinated to know what you thought. I've never given a more disappointed four and a quarter star rating in my life. I really, really wanted this to be like a match of the year caliber can't match. And I, it just wasn't. And I don't put that blame on either Siri or Risa Sarah. I put it on the match format. I was way into it being a match by can only be won by knockout or submission. And I feel like that's not what we got, but it kind of was at the same time. Like, the referee chose to really selectively enforce the rules. Like, sometimes you could be DQ'd, sometimes you couldn't. Sometimes he was like, hey, you can't use this kendo stick. Other times he was like, all right, fine, whatever. Sometimes you can't use closed fists, sometimes you can't. Like, there was no rhyme or reason to what was okay and what wasn't. There was no, like, he had to take a ref bump before we could get into, like, the weapon stuff. And if this match was made to be knockout or submission... And it wasn't made to have like plunder stuff involved. Why wasn't it just UWF rules then? You know, like this was clearly made so that Risa Sarah could lean into the hardcore stuff. But it seemed like they forgot that along the way. And the only people that remembered it were the wrestlers and the referee actively. And I guess Rossi, in terms of storytelling, worked against that. So it just it was weird it was a weird match that i didn't entirely like but i also did like a lot and i'm very conflicted on how i feel about it i wrote that it was a weird match for me i was lower than you were i was probably like three and a half three and three quarters maybe it felt to me like the summation of the match was it either needed to be much crazier or it needed to be much less crazy. Yeah, it was. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Like, I don't like get it. it. It was like, ah, we have one kendo stick in the match. And, oh, there was that fight outside the ring with prominence and Mirai coming out and, you know, knocking everyone over with the shoulder tackle. And then it just seemed like, and then it was like, ah, kendo stick, things are about to get wild. And then Daichi would come in and be like, no, you can't use the kendo stick. And it was like, okay, he gets rid of the kendo stick. And then the kendo stick comes back. Yeah, it it didn't make any sense. Like, just, I, I don't understand what they were trying to do here. So, yeah, I was probably three and a half. I thought it would be a match for you, Kelly, because your um, least favorite ref got that was great. That was probably 
where a good half a star came from because he got hit good. That was awesome. I loved that. More of that. Like, this felt sort of like the opportunity to be like, hey, we're going to have a prominence. You know, maybe you don't do a death match. You don't yeah. go all that way. But it's like, why not do more? It just feels weird to be like, ah, it was a match with one kendo stick in it. That's And, and this is why I want Julia and Suzu to be at a prominence show. <laughs> um, and I, I did like the story of... Siri sort of overcoming this whole group, you know, that is against her. I did like that story. And like I said, I mean, you liked it, actually. It seems I did. like I'm more positive on the match, but you gave it a better star rating yeah, than I did. Yeah, I did. There's a lot about it that I liked, but there is a lot about it that I just thought held the match back from what it could have been. Like, And what was, what was up with the finish? Like, I'm pretty sure Sarah was passed out and the referee was supposed to call it and he just wasn't. And then the, they were like, fuck it, throw in a towel, I guess. Because, like, why was he not checking her hand? Why did he throw up a timeout symbol at the timekeeper's table? Like, Oh, what, yeah, that was weird. What the fuck is he doing? Like, legitimately, the worst referee in all of wrestling besides, like, the old lucha refs that are 90 years old, like, maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I, it really felt like prominence was just like uh the match is supposed to be over throw in the towel i guess <laughs> well he's not calling this and it's weird because mostly throw in the towel stuff which i'm not crazy about i don't hate it but it feels like most of the time throwing in the towel is for example you know someone's fighting they're in something and they're like no i'm not gonna give up you know they're still f- trying to fight back but maybe it's like oh for the better you know we know better we're gonna throw in the towel yeah. In this one, it felt like, oh, she's lost. Yeah, it felt it was it felt like referee negligence is what it felt like. <laughs> like she lost. Oh, let's make sure to throw in the towel to make sure he knows. Yeah. That uh, she's like out of it. And that's like, I do think there is a very good match buried under all this shit. That's why I went with four and a quarter, because I enjoyed the work they put in a lot. Like they did the insane air raid crash off the apron again that fucking rules and they both worked really hard but they were just held back by this stupid nonsense stipulation that didn't make any sense yeah i also think a uwfi rules match would have been better because i really i mean the air raid crashes were good but i loved it when it was like in the ring like kicking the shit out of each other because yeah if, if you say knockout or submission and that's it and you don't allow weapons, that's UWFI rules at that point. Like, I don't know why they weren't... It's stupid. It's stupid, and, like, I guess they just didn't think it out, or they thought they knew what they had, and then Rossi was like, oh, no, that's not what we're doing. Referee, go in there. I assume that's what Rossi sounds like. I don't know. (laughs) I'm mad. I don't... Ah, I, again, I've never had a more disappointed four and a quarter star rating. <laughs> yeah, wow, what a strange, uh, <laughs> as I sort of with a lower rating of the match uh, become sort of the defender of the match. But yeah, I, it, you know, it could have been great. And it was, it, there was parts of it. Like, stupid referee. I hate him. I hate him I, so much. You I'll know, in- there was another part that got me that in from the, the Kyrie and Tom tag, there was a bit where the refer where I, 
think it was Kyrie was in a submission hold. She's trying to reach for the ropes, but she's heading into her corner. So effectively, Tom could have tagged. Ta- Tom was in the corner. The referee fucking gets in between the two of them. Like, in what lot? Like, how, what logic is there? Like, you're actively hampering her, potentially tagging out to end the submission. Like, legit, just the worst in the business. I don't think he understands wrestling at all. I think he's legit, just awful. And it's a detriment to the product. And that was another installment of the segment. <laughs> Kelly disses Daichi. Daichi fucking sucks. <laughs> wow. Well, makes, anyway. Makes Ruaka look like fucking Brian Danielson of women's wrestling. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is such a weird end to this <laughs> recap of the show that we generally liked. Uh, I liked the match. I just hate one person in particular that was involved in the match, and it's neither of the wrestlers. One of us went over four stars or near four (laughs) stars on all three of the last matches. (laughs) And yet, if you listen to only the last five minutes, you would think that this is like our least favorite show of the year. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, there's a lot more to talk about. And actually, Kelly, coming up, I will ask you uh, an interesting question because you're four and a quarter rating on that match makes me intrigued to know the answer to something coming up. But anyway, okay. that's in the future. What else happened in the last two weeks of Joshi? Stardom had some house shows. Oz had a small show on the 22nd. Tokyo Joshi, just today as we record this on May 29th, had a show that saw the debut of Riho, uh against in a singles match against Yuki Aeno. I haven't watched that, Kelly. I don't think you've watched that yet. No, I didn't uh, have the chance to. It, I really it, want to watch that show. It's a fun lineup. It aired at sort of a... Uh, they sort of changed their airing schedule, so it aired at a bizarre time for us Americans. Um, but yeah, Riho debuted, and there were five one-on-one matches between the younger and older classes. Um, so some interesting singles matches there. Uh, speaking of Tokyo Joshi, Kelly, I know you watched the match. I watched the match. Uh, Miyu Yamashita in Prestige Wrestling taking on Masha Slamovich last night. We both uh, watched the match. A solid, I would say a solid match hindered by the fact that the ringside mic was turned almost all the way off. The ringside mic was so weird because it would come in every now and then. And it made the the crowd cheers sound like they were piped in and fake. <laughs> it was very strange. I am a big proponent of, or I think, if I cannot hear what's happening in the ring, it's almost like, well, it's over for me. Like, especially with Miyu, where you're like, she's going to be kicking. Turn the ring mic on. Yeah. Because, yeah, those kicks you couldn't hear at all. Yeah, they were like, ooh, brutal kick, and you could hear people clapping, and you're like, eh, couldn't hear anything. Um, that match is on IWTV if you want to check it out. I know today, I don't know what time the show even is, um, is the Miyu Maki match in Prestige. I think it's airing live on IWTV. Uh Sorry, I don't have any more information. I didn't think to look it up before the show. Oh, and but. I did watch the uh, the Maki Ito versus um, fuck Miyu her name. Is, 
Thank you. Amelia <laughs> match that was on that same show. I watched that right before we started recording, and that was good. That was a fun match. So you can check that out on IWTV. Ice Ribbon on May 21st had the first round of their Ice Infinity title tournament. Uh, Sakushi winning uh, in her last defense of the Ice Infinity title back at Yokohama. So the belt is up for grabs in the first round. Bunch of matches. Micah Ozaki defeating Saran. Makoto defeating Yuko Sakurai. Ibuki Hoshi defeating Misa Kagura. Yuki Mashiro defeating Kaho Matsuhida. Amin defeating Sumika Yanagawa. Sayori Ano defeating Hikari Shimizu. And Totoro Satsuki defeating now Ishikawa. The second round semifinals, whatever they're calling it, will be in the middle of June. So some interesting names there. So we will see who becomes the next Ice Infinity title holder. Wave had a number of shows with Catch the Wave matches on them. I have not caught up with that yet but I'm planning on doing so. They had shows on the 18th, the 22nd, and today on May 29th. Kelly, what has been happening in Choco Pro? All right, we got a bunch of Choco Pro stuff. So we got 229, uh, that was on May 21st. Best Bros, Mesa and Balianaki defeated Yuna Mizumori and Kaori Yonayama. A very fast-paced main event. I liked it a lot. I went three and a half stars on it. On Choco Pro 230, which was on the 22nd, Chon Shiryu uh, beat Sayaka Obahiro and Balianaki in a triple threat match. Uh, some really cool spots that took advantage of that stipulation. Uh, went three and a quarter on it. And then in the main event of that show, Yuna Mizumori and Tokiko Kirihara defeated Chie Koshikawa and Mei Saruga. Uh, this was really good. I went four stars on it. Uh, I'm kind of starting to change my mind on Kirihara. Like, when she's serious, she's actually getting pretty good. Uh, just stay away from the comedy stuff, uh, which we will see later. But the... Uh, and Chie takes the fall again here. I really do think they're leading up to something with her involving losing all these times. Uh, Chakra Pro 231 uh, from the 28th was a one-match show with just the boys... Uh, but it was still very fun and worth checking out. Aki and Mao from DDT defeated Masa Takanashi and Chon Chiryu. Uh, and then on the 29th, which was, well, today, uh, was Chakra Pro 232, the season finale. Uh, it was a Best Bros tag gauntlet where they had five different 10-minute time limit tag matches. The first was Best Bros defeating... Uh, Chan Shiryu and Sayuri, uh, really good, like the chemistry those teams have. Uh, next, they went to a 10-minute time limit draw against Yuno Mizumori and Suwasidi Kamen. Uh, then they defeated Antonio Honda and Tokiko Kirihara. Uh, that was the bad Kirihara with a lot of Antonio Honda comedy stuff. So it was pretty much exactly what you'd expect it to be. Uh, they went to a 10-minute time, time limit draw against Masa Takanashi. And the award winner himself, Hoshitango. Uh, I like that a lot. The interactions between May and Hoshitango were a lot of fun. And then in the final match of the gauntlet, Chie Koshikawa and Shin Suzuki, of all people, defeated Best Bros. The exhaustion finally caught up with them, and Suzuki pinned Aki with a really awkward-looking roll-up. 
Uh, Best Bros came away really disappointed in their loss, especially because this was like their birthday celebration. Uh, but yeah, re- worth checking out. It was a fun show. And then the uh, May an- the May fourth anniversary show happened, but that hasn't aired yet, so we'll cover it another time. There were two other shows that both Kelly and I watched. Uh, the first was the first Nomad show. That is the group of freelancers. Uh, an interesting show. Kelly, what did you think of the first Nomad show? I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really fun show. I really hope we get more of these because this was this was a good collection of wrestlers and a lot of kind of a good variety to the matches too. Like I was I was really happy with it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Was happy to see Natsu wrestle again. Yes, even though it was just in an exhibition match at the beginning against Miyuki Takase. Happy to see Kaho Kobayashi back again she Uh, is jacked yes uh she really is i also love the pull apart uh between asuka and seriano after their match in the the semi-main that was great i hope that they um i hope that they do a singles match at a future upcoming show or do something with that because i think that would be very cool um and then I really enjoyed the main event, Miyuki Takase and Ryo Mizunami defeating Mayukihi and Rina Yamashita. Thought it was uh, overall a, a really fun show. Mm-hmm. And then we also watched the Hanakamura Memorial Bagus show. Uh, Kelly, my one question, which I alluded to earlier, the main in the main event, Shuri defeating Asuka. Which did you like more, the Shuri? Risa Sarah match or the Siri Asuka match? Oh, the Siri Asuka match for sure. I went uh, four and a quarter or four and three quarters on this one. Yeah, I thought it was a really great match. I was not quite as high as you, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was four and a quarter. Um, yeah, I love it. It felt like the kind of house show, not house show, house style stardom main event, but like, the speed turned up. So I, I thought it was great. I really hope we get a rematch between these two. I think the whole show was pretty fun, but I think that that is by far the thing. If you're low on time, that would be the one thing uh, to check out. Had the appearance by some stardom people. Had the exhibition match between Jungle Kiona and Kyoko Kimura, which was really fun. That was cool. The the, uh, big tag team battle royal in which I didn't really know what was happening most of the time. (laughs) They did. They were very nicely came on in English, explained the rules, which I understood. But it was just like pandemonium of so many people that I was like, oh, a lot. There's a lot happening. Aja Kong was there, of course. You had the Sakura Hirota tribute to Hanakamura, as usual. So a, an overall fun show, but the main event definitely worth uh Seeking out, finding, and watching. Kelly, I know that you also watched some other shows that featured Joshi matches. I did. So on the DDT show from May 22nd, you had a hardcore match with the prominence team of Suzu Suzuki and Akane Fujita defeating the cousins of some uh, uh, 37 Kamina team uh, members with Carousel Shun and Elizabeth Toy. 
wrestling there. Uh, the Prominence team picks up the win in a pretty fun hardcore match. Uh, after the match, Suzu told uh, Carousel Shun to have her cousin meet her for a uh, singles match. So I'm hoping that they get to have a crazy ass almost death match because <laughs> I think those two would probably be awesome at that. Uh, and then in the main event, you had, uh, I know actually, no, it wasn't the main event. I don't think, I think it was the semi-main. Uh, the KOD tag titles, Mao and Asuka defeated the CDK team of Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi to become the new tag champs. Uh, this match was awesome. Asuka looked really great here. Uh, really super fast paced match. Uh, I wasn't expecting Mao and Asuka to pick up the win at all. So that was a huge surprise. I liked this a lot. It was four and a quarter for me. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, and then uh, Gleet had some ma- some Joshi matches on the G Pro Wrestling version 25 show on the 18th. Dash Chisako defeated Michiko Miyagi. This was awesome. I know last episode I said I don't think Miyagi is very good, but she's stepped up here big time. Uh, Dash was awesome as always. These two beat the hell out of each other. Uh, it took three double foot stomps from the top and a frog splash for Dash to put Miyagi away. <laughs> So it's definitely worth a watch. Probably, unless I'm forgetting something major, this is the best women's match that Gleet has had yet. I want four stars on it. And then also on G Pro Wrestling version 26 on the 22nd, Madeline defeated Michiko Miyagi. Uh, the match wasn't really anything special, but it looked like they were wrestling on the hardest ring imaginable. Like there was no give on anything and it all looked like it sucked. (laughs) Like I, I felt real bad for them when they were taking uh, body slams on the mat. Cause it just, it just looked like the floor. Like I, I don't know what ring they were renting for this show or what, but it just, it looked like it sucked. Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got for non Joshi Joshi. And that is everything for the last two weeks of Joshi. So what is coming up in the next two weeks? First of all, in stardom, the five-star qualifying league will be kicking off on June 4th. The first three matches, Hina versus Ruaka, Wakasukiyama versus Rina, and Amy Sore versus Miyu Amasaki. The very next day, June 5th, Stardom is at Corican Hall. That show features the Cosmic Angels versus Colors. Loser joins the other unit match, as well as four more five-star Grand Prix qualifying league matches. Miyu Amasaki against Momokogo. Amy Sore versus Rina. Mai Sakurai versus Hina. And Saya Ida versus Ruaka. And then... On the 11th and the 12th of June, Stardom has two shows on back-to-back days at Edie and Osaka Arena number two. The first show is headlined by a tag title match, Koguma and Hazuki defending their titles against Saki Kashima and Fukigen Death. That show has two qualifying league matches, Lady C against Saeeda and Momokogo against Wakasukiyama. And on the 12th, two qualifying league matches, Amy Sore and Wakasukiyama and Mei Sakurai against Saeeda. That show is main evented by an elimination tag match. 
Seedling has a show coming up on June 10th. The only match announced so far, Arisa Nakajima and Riko Kaiju going up against Saki and Riko Kawahata. Tokyo Joshi has a show coming up on June 4th, but the biggest show of their next two weeks is they will be taking part in the Cyber Fight Festival. They have four matches on the card. The first, a dark match, one of three dark matches on the card. It is the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Provided 10-woman tag match. Hyper Masao, Yuki, Aino, Raku, Palm Harajuku, and Haruna Neko will take on Naokakuda, Mihiro Kiryu, Moka Miyamoto, Ariso Endo, and Kaya Torabami. Then the second official match on the card will be a Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling provided six-woman tag match. Miyamashita, Maki Ito, and Juria Nagano, a good team there, taking on Hakari Noah, Suzume, and Yuki Arai. So that should be a good match. The fourth match on the card will be a Princess of Princess title next challenger decision four-way match. Rika Tatsumi, Mizuki, Yuki Kamafuku, and Miyu Watanabe. And the semi-main of the show will be the Princess of Princess title match, the champion Shoko Nakajima, defending against former champion Yuka Sakazaki. That is the semi-main event of the show. Yumika Hoda will also be appearing in an intergender match. But Kelly, give your predictions. Who do you think wins the number one contender four-way match? And who do you think emerges from the Cyber Fight Festival as the Princess of Princess champion? Okay, I think it makes the most sense to work backwards and talk about who we think is going to win the title match first and then kind of figure out the challenger from there. I think Yuka's going to win. I don't know why. I don't have any strong feelings on either way on this match, but I feel like maybe... Since it's in a big spot, they'll want to do a title change here. And Nakajima's reign isn't really that great. So, I don't know. Put the belt on Yuka. Why not go back to Old Faithful? Um, So, I think Yuka wins. So, who goes to challenge her next? I don't think it's Mizuki. Because you've done that match. And I don't think... I feel like the next time Mizuki challenges, she's going to win. And I don't think she's going to win here. Um, Miu, I don't think they're ready for yet, or I don't think she's ready for it fully yet. I could see Camille winning. Like, I could see her being a first title defense. So that one, she's potential, and I think Tetsumi is also a potential winner, too, because that's a pretty solid match for a first title defense with Yuka versus Rika, depending on what building they're going to try and put that in so i think it's either rika or yuki winning that match but for sure i think yuka's winning the princess of princess title well i'm gonna predict that shoko retains the title and i think rika tatsumi is going to win the number one contender match i'm going chalk because if tokyo joshi has taught me anything yeah it's safe it's go the most chalk that you can on every match. Yeah. Uh, Rika Tatsumi, a previous Princess of Princess title holder, feels like the safe bet. In the now, do you one. think Rika beats Shoko then? 
Uh, no. No? Okay. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I still don't understand the point of this Shoko title reign, so <laughs> you might as well have her beat people who have already held the title, I guess. I don't know. Uh, now I'm in now I'm in the mode of prove me wrong like Tokyo Joshi prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> and until they prove me wrong, I'm just going to keep guessing the chalk picks. That's uh, fair. So we'll see what happens, but a lot of matches on that show, I believe with the three dark matches, I believe there's 14 matches on the show. Gambare, Tokyo Joshi, DDT and Noah. So check that out. Uh, it will be probably a very long show, but probably also a very good show. If uh, last year is any indication, Wave continues their Catch the Wave tournament. They have two shows on June 1st in the kicking block. Nagisa Nozaki against Hanako Nakamori in the strong arm block. You against Ayame Sasamura in the comical block. Keori Yoniyama against Miyako Matsumoto. And two future block matches, Suzu Suzuki against Chie Ozora and Riko Kawahara against Haruka Umasaki. And then on the 11th, only two Catch the Wave matches, Miyuki Takase against Yu in the strong, strong arm block and Suzu Suzuki against Haruka Umasaki in the future block. Kelly, what is coming up? in the next two weeks of Choco Pro? Uh, not much. It looks like they're going to take a little break. They haven't announced anything for the next season yet, but the uh, May 4th anniversary show that I talked about earlier is going to be airing on June 4th on their YouTube. So that'll be something to tide us over for whatever comes next. So that is everything happening in the next two weeks of Joshi. We will be back in two weeks with a little bit of a special episode. We have some scheduling things going on, so it'll be a little bit of a different episode in two weeks. Uh, But Kelly, I think we covered it all. Got anything to say? Or have you seen Top Gun Maverick yet? I have not. I actually haven't seen any movies over the past two weeks, so I got I got no movie recommendation. Did did you see Top Gun? I haven't. I think I'm going to try and go see it tomorrow because okay. I want to see it in IMAX, and I have a legitimate um, IMAX screen very nice. near my house, uh, which is like you know the like four story tall yeah uh, screen. So that feels like the right place to see. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, um, probably. I had not seen the movie until a couple weeks ago. When I yeah, said, I've never well, seen Top Gun. <laughs> it's fine. Like I, it ended, and I was sort of like, I didn't hate that, but also I wasn't in- very interested. Uh, sort of a three star, uh, three star special to put it in the wrestling uh, terms. Okay. Uh, But that is everything. So as I said, we will be back in two weeks. For more info on that show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can also hop into the Voices of Wrestling Discord, where we have our own Jumping Bomb Audio channel, a Stardom channel, and a Joshi channel. So lots of people talking there. So check that out if you haven't yet. And we... We'll talk to you in two weeks. Farewell. Goodbye, everybody.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.